Amen. All right. Um, so uh, I want to do a little recap of kind of uh, where we were last week and what we're going to try to accomplish uh, today. Um, we're in the uh, the second part of this little two-part series um, on uh, ministry serving uh, in the context of Trinity and beyond. And uh, we finished a class a couple weeks ago that was uh, about 12 weeks long. And so I've got a couple weeks before the end of the Sunday school season. And uh, so I wanted to add in a couple of these classes on ways that you can serve, ways that you can be involved in the life and the body of the church. So I want to remind you what we talked about last week because it again is the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. Um, So if you've got Bibles around you, uh, the red Bibles and the chairs around you or your own Bible, uh, you can turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 16 because that's the context of what we talked about last week. The focus that we really put our attention on last week were verses 11 through 16, so we'll um, again kind of draw out a couple applications from there. Uh, But this is a letter that Paul wrote uh, to, he says in verse 1 of chapter 1, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful to Christ Jesus. And uh, really the the, um, first three chapters are just full of uh, just wonderful truth and gospel and um, uh, helping us understand who God is and what he's done through Jesus Christ and just the mystery of the the wonder of his love and mercy to us in Christ. And uh, 4, 5, and 6 are just filled with all kinds of application for uh, the people in Ephesus and uh, through them to us as well. So we come to chapter 4 and it's really Paul's been building in these first three chapters on all this wonderful theology. And then he comes in verse chapter 4, verse 1. And he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So that's what he's, he's striving after. Is he wants, uh, after he's unfolded this wonderful theology and truth of who God is and what he's done for us, he says, I, I want you to take this now and I want you to walk in a way that's worthy of the calling of being one of God's people. Uh, So, uh, worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also had, he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
So if you were here last week, you know that we spent some time kind of unpacking uh, Ephesians 4, especially verses 11 through verse 16. And a couple of things that we saw, just as a reminder, a recap, um, verses 11, Paul's listing a number of different kinds of leaders in the church. And uh, he's, he's saying that those leaders have a responsibility and they have a responsibility uh, to help the, the members of the church, the members of Christ's body, the saints, as he says, uh, to do the work of ministry. So we were talking about the fact that, you know, some people perceive that, you know, work of ministry, that's the pastor's job or the elder's job or the deacon's job. And what Paul's saying is really, actually, it, it's the job of the leaders of the church to equip the saints so that the saints are actually doing the work of ministry. And he unpacks a lot more of what that looks like, um, that it would be used that, uh, so, such that God's people might grow in their knowledge and their love for the Lord and for one another, that they might mature in the faith, he says, uh, that they might grow up. Um, and he has this image there of the body and talks about the body having been equipped, uh, that the body would build itself up in love, serving uh, one another, serving uh, the church. And by doing that, uh, God receives the glory and God's people grow in maturity. So we talked about that last week as kind of the foundation of what we're supposed to be about. Then we flipped, if you remember, we flipped to uh, Matthew chapter 25 and Jesus is teaching about um, what God's people ought to be uh, about as we're waiting for him to come back again. And uh, there were a lot of different things that Jesus listed there, but we focused in on one in particular last week, and that was the idea of, of visiting uh, those who are hurting, those who are sick. Um, and we talked about all kinds of different venues for that, right? We talked about Obviously, hospital visitation, uh, we talked about nursing home visitation, um, we talked about prison uh, visitation, and uh, reminded you we actually have prison chaplain uh, that's worshiping with us regularly, another in our presbytery. Um, we talked about, I think it was Wes that brought up the idea of opening our homes to people that are, are, are hurting or needing hospitality and uh, being hospitable. And so we were talking about all of that as being a means by which um, the saints can be doing the work of ministry. It's, a, it's an application of that, if you will, um, visiting the hurting, the sick, and, and offering hospitality. So today, the same foundation, same kind of that, that, uh, that foundation that from Ephesians 4, with, it, with that in mind, I want us to consider a few other ways, um, in addition to uh, what we talked about last week, uh, some additional ways that people can serve the body, can serve the body. Um, and specifically today, I want to talk about the context of doing that inside the, the, the local church, inside of, I mean, this would apply to any church, but you're sitting in a particular church. And so we're going to talk about um, these, these things uh, as it relates to Trinity uh, Pres in particular, but it would certainly would apply any local body of, of God's church. So um, again, thinking about these are ways that we're fulfilling uh, based on what we believe, based on what we believe about the gospel, how we're living out our faith as we're waiting for the Lord Jesus to return. So I've got a couple ways that I want to kind of throw out um, and just unpack a little bit of ways that people can serve, uh, particularly here at Trinity. Number one, uh, ways that you could serve on Sunday mornings. So uh, I'm curious, uh, I've got a list up here, uh, but I'm curious how many of this list we could get together as a group. 
because I'm curious as to kind of people's understanding of different things that different opportunities that are available on a Sunday morning to be able to serve. So I'm just going to start by saying what are some ways that you think of that people doesn't mean that you necessarily are feeling called to this, but just ways that you know that that are opportunities of serving on a Sunday morning here at the church. And I'm not talking about what Pastor John and I are doing up front, um, or the elders doing uh, with the with communion. But what are other ways that, way, that that the body can be serving on a Sunday morning here at the church? Jenny. Greeters. Greeters. Okay. So um, you all know that we have greeters. Um, if you've walked in, if you're a regular attender, you may walk in very quickly and not even notice it. But we have greeters that are very faithfully and diligently standing out by the door. Um, I believe actually for both services and maybe even in between um, the services. And uh, their whole purpose is just to be a friendly, welcoming face when somebody walks in the door. And um, if, if Tom Hogue walks in, I don't think anybody's going to wonder if Tom knows where to go or what to do uh, when he comes to church on Sunday. But somebody might not uh, know those things. They might be coming for the first time or maybe a, 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 just a recent uh, visitor. And so they may be unsure like what to expect or where to go or uh, if they've got kids, what should we do with the kids? Or, um, uh, you know, I need to use the restroom. Where do I go for that? And uh, so those greeters are there to be just a friendly face to somebody like Tom Hogue when he walks in to give him a, the right hand of fellowship. And, uh, uh, but, but also for somebody that may be new to be able to just be, um, in, in a lot of ways, the face of Trinity Presbyterian Church, the very first face that somebody might meet. Um, so do I need to tell you how significant that is? <laughs> I mean, it's really important to have people that are there willing to, to do that and to be warm and welcoming and um, just uh, facilitate the help. Dale, you're going to say something about that as one of our greeters, right? I'm just, I'm just thinking all of us should be greeters. Yes. I'm an official greeter, but all of us should be greeters. Yep. Anyone that looks like they're standing and wondering... Yeah, good. We're actually going to come back to that that mindset um, if uh, at the end of my list here, um, because I want us to think about. We're, I'm going to mention some very kind of, you know, uh, official ways people can serve, uh, formal ways. But the, but there's the informal way of just being warm and welcoming to to when you see Tom, you should wor- you welcome him. You know, but but just anybody that that uh, may look like they're not sure where to go, or what to do. You don't have to wait for a greeter at the front door to come and and to grab them, right? I can think of a situation where I visited a church I had gone to many years when I was a young kid. Uh, with my older brother, who at the time was really quite ill, hmm. and noticing the people around us very friendly, hmm. but nobody spoke to us hmm. until one person walked by and said, "Haven't I seen you before?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So just being willing to say hi to somebody and maybe somebody you don't re- you don't recognize. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. So greeters. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Dale. That those are that's a great way of being able to serve. Um, if somebody's interested in that, there are um, there are ways that we actually prepare people and get them ready for that. We don't just kind of set you up there and say, "I hope you have a great time greeting." You know, we give you some training on that. But that's one way that people can serve. How about another way? Another way that people can serve on Sunday. 
Nursery. The nursery. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Very good. Very good. Uh, Harwood's here worshiping from, uh, with us today. Uh, they worship at another church and they serve in the nursery there. Absolutely. Um, the nursery is a, a significant aspect of ministry here at the church. It, it is. It's not just babysitting in the sense that we really see it as an opportunity of uh, of a couple things: caring for these uh, wonderful uh, blessings that God has given us to be good stewards with. Um, but it's also helping families that um, to be able to worship together and have that time together. So it's a significant, um, a significant ministry in the life of our church. And it's also one, and I, this is not unique to Trinity, um, it's one that we're constantly looking for additional people to, to plug in and to help with. And one of the things I've been very thankful about at Trinity, um, number one, we, we have always had, it's been different people during the time that I've been here, um, but we've always had somebody that is kind of our coordinator for the nursery. And right now, Caroline Aran is doing that. Just a fantastic job for that, with that for us. Um, but there's actually some intentionality with what happens in the nursery. I don't know if everybody understands that and knows that. Um, there's actually some, some engagement with the young kids, even the, the real little ones, about um, just some very simple, basic uh, truths of who God is and um, what we're here doing, worshiping. Um, it's not heavy. It's not, you know, it's not a, we're not... We're not looking at the nursery as our main way of catechizing the children. There are other ways of doing that that we, we participate in. But it is something that we think of and we're fairly intentional about. Um, so consequently, we have a training program for that. And we have anybody wanting to serve in the nursery goes through a background check. And we have safety training and all kinds of different things that we do. Um, but we're constantly in need of new people to, to plug in and to serve. And, and that's true certainly for people that are using the nursery. But even if you're not, I mean, it's still an opportunity of plugging in and serving in that way. And it's, it's a fantastic way of getting to know other families in the church. So if you're wanting to kind of meet some of the new families, especially some of the younger families, um, boy, just a great opportunity to go in there and, and hang out with some of their kids and then meet them when they come and pick them up or um, just go and introduce yourself. Hey, I just hung out with your three-year-old for, you know, an hour or whatever. So, yeah, nursery, thank you. Uh, very, very uh, important and helpful way. Um, and Caroline would just be thrilled to have uh, uh, people uh, saying, hey, I would really love to be able to serve in this way uh, at Trinity and uh, certainly very valuable. So we got greeting, we got nursery. What are some other things that are available as service opportunities on a Sunday morning? Ushers, okay, yeah, that's a little bit different than greeters. We have ushers that usually are standing at the the main doors and behind and uh, hand out the the bulletins and um, especially if um, uh, we don't usually need it when we're in two services, but when we have one service, you know, helping people find some empty chairs around. Um, again, very uh, needed and helpful thing. Um, it can be a second kind of uh, warm face as somebody comes in uh, to the building. And so uh, just an incredible opportunity for people to just be friendly and helpful to people. Um, again, uh, it's not a super difficult thing to do. Uh, Ron, you would agree with that, right? It's not a super difficult thing to be an usher, but... I can do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ron says if he can do it, anybody can do it. Um, and it's actually, we have young people that are involved with that too. I know that there's some high school and middle school students that help out with that from time to time too. So um, definitely another opportunity to plug in and serve in a very fairly easy and um, uh, simple way at the church. Okay? Anything else you think of? Any other ways of serving on a Sunday morning at Trinity? We've done greeting and nursery and, and ushering. Communion prep. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, 
so we actually do some prep for the communion elements. We actually do it differently than we used to do it. We actually had a, a group of volunteers that did all of the prep uh, on a Sunday morning. And uh, just with two services and being in the new building and everything, we've adjusted that a little bit. Um, but there is some need still to, to help out a little bit with uh, the communion prep. And so it's, again, something that people can be trained to do. It's, it's not that difficult. Um, there are a couple things that you have to be careful about um, since we do both wine and uh, grape juice uh, on, on Sunday. Um, we've, we've encountered that from time to time. But, um, so there, it, you know, it, there is some, there is some uh, thought that has to go into doing it, and, uh, but, but it is something that's easy to do and something that we can train you to do. So good. Communion, communion prep is another possible way of serving. Other things you think about serving on a Sunday morning at Trinity. Coffee prep, yes. Uh, I'm surprised that wasn't the first one that was mentioned. Um, I guess it's because, you know, it's supposed to be 80 degrees today, so people aren't thinking as much about coffee, right? Uh, but no, we, we do um, try to get coffee ready, and, and uh, there is there's some things involved with that, and there are some people that kind of head that up, and um, they're very diligent about it. And uh, I, think, I think probably the people that are heading it up are some of our, you know, really committed coffee drinkers. Um, but uh, uh, you don't have to be a coffee drinker to, to be able to just to serve in that way. Um, in fact, maybe it would be even more meaningful to you as a service opportunity if you don't drink coffee at all, but you want to help the people of Trinity be able to fellowship with coffee in that way. So yes, coffee prep is another thing that we can use some additional hands and feet with. Okay, We've got several things here. Anything else you think of in terms of serving on a Sunday morning at Trinity? Um, other ways that people can plug in and be involved? Music and song leaders. Okay. Uh, in terms of people up here, or are you talking about the in terms of running the sound in the back? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, yeah, Dan Doherty is always looking to involve some additional people and, and get them involved in that. And so I think if people have a, 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 an interest in a giftedness in music and they want to use that in the context of the service, I mean, that would definitely be another way of serving in the context of a Sunday morning. Um, you, please don't everybody turn around and look at him. But Luke is standing back there uh, at the soundboard, and that's also a volunteer thing that we do every Sunday where um, there's somebody back there just kind of making sure that the sound's on when it's supposed to be and off when it's supposed to be. You, you, you don't want to hear me singing, and so um, we need to make sure it's off at certain times. And um, it's actually a very uh, significant aspect of what we do at the church uh, with our worship services, Sunday school. Um, but I would say it's not overly difficult to learn uh, it's a pretty simple, we, we're pretty low-key in the back there. It's pretty simple, uh, pretty easy to learn, but, but something that we're always looking for additional people to be involved with as well. Okay, anything else? Carl, you think of another way people can serve on Sunday? A choir director. That's not self-serving at all. Yeah, Trinity over the years at various times has had people that um, that are particularly gifted in that area and have been able to help organize and lead a choir for us. Um, Sarisa Cottle did it for a number of years, and, and Katie James was doing it before she moved away. And um, So yeah, that would be another thing that uh, we don't have currently, but if we did, I know that there would be some people that would be interested in seeing that develop. And so um, that would be another 
means of somebody being able to step into that role. I would say that in particular, more so than some of these other things we've mentioned, um, there probably is a skill level that would be necessary there. So we're looking for a particular kind of person that has that experience and, and uh, skill set. But um, that's a little harder for us to train you in. Uh, than you kind of have to come to us trained in that way, but, but certainly uh, something that we could always uh, use as well. Anything else you think about, Jenny? Okay, thank you. Um, so helping out with the children's education in the back part of the building um, absolutely would be something that is uh, a way of serving in the church. Um, you mentioned children's worship, and so that's uh, something we do just during the sermon for a pretty small subset of kids, ages four through kindergarten, uh, just during the school year. And so it's a pretty, uh, it's a specific thing that we do. Um, Deb McLemore, Deborah McLemore, uh, does that, heads that up for us and organizes it and does a, just a fabulous job with that. Again, it's, it's a way of ministering and serving um, some of the littlest ones in our midst, um, these ones that we're supposed to be good stewards with and trying to be intentional about teaching them what we're doing in worship so that as they're uh, coming back into the worship service, they're prepared and ready to be able to worship well. Um, we're actually in the process of uh, changing the curriculum that we've been using for that. So just this fall, we're going to start a new uh, curriculum that is, I've, I've saw it recently as really good, um, working through the elements in our worship service, um, uh, almost exactly what we do in our service. And so uh, they'll be learning very specifically kind of why we do this and why we do that. In fact, some of us might want to go back there and <laughs> sit, in, sit in on that class, right? Um, but yes, children's worship would be a, a definite way. It's, it's a very, again, very simple thing to do. Helping, it's not just the teaching part of it, but just even being back there and helping. Uh, Deborah's always looking for volunteers for that. Um, the Sunday school uh, teachers as well, um, I, let me separate that a little bit and just say that um, the actual teachers themselves, uh, we, we tend to um, kind of, I don't want to say handpick, but we do kind of work with them pretty specifically over a, a, a period of time to kind of get them ready to go and Arlene really works with them uh, so that's kind of a longer process of jumping in with that but volunteering to help especially during opening exercises and that kind of a thing um, there's always you know they absolutely welcome additional uh, adults back there because it's just helpful for the kids to see um, uh, different uh, kinds of folks that are back there so that definitely is another way that people can be involved and uh, serving so let me check my list here and see where we are well, we've hit everything on my list. Anybody else have anything else that you think of in terms of serving on a Sunday? Ron? Thank you. Yeah, picking up, picking up anybody that might need a ride, right? Yeah, great. Somebody might need a ride on a Sunday morning coming to or getting back home and just being willing to leave five, ten minutes extra from the house and swing by and pick somebody up. Uh, Tom's a great example, and a number of families are um, uh, helpful in that way. Um, but yeah, there are other times there's sometimes somebody needs a ride for whatever reason. A car broke down or whatever. So yeah, I think just being willing to, to be on a list to say, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to get called. You know, Sunday morning, and uh, have to take that shower a little quick, little faster in the morning. But but I'd be willing to do that and get ready to, to go to be able to swing by and pick somebody up. That's that's a good one. Jenny, do you think of another one? I always appreciate the way that some of the little kids in our church serve on Sunday morning and pick up the community services. Yeah, yeah. It just makes a 
Yeah. So maybe an encouragement to those that have those little kids to encourage them to keep doing it, right? And, and you don't have to be a little kid to pick up. No, you don't have to be a little kid, no. But but it does, I mean, it's certainly closer to their level of eyesight, right? And, and kind of kind of see that but yeah we have uh, if you've ever seen after the services there's a little there's a little army of, of uh, little little folks that come through and pick up all the communion cups and sometimes I actually if, especially if I'm standing back by the door um, I'll get to they'll bring them to me to let me see you know and it's almost like it's a, a, a contest to see who can get the most you know in one in one stop uh, so yeah that's another just a very kind of easy way and that actually transitioned the last thing I'll say about serving on Sunday uh, I want to come back to what Dale was talking about so so these are some more official ways that we can kind of live out Ephesians 4 in the life of our church. But um, it can be informal too, kind of unofficial. So really any of the things we've talked about, just having your eyes and ears open to what's happening and looking for ways to kind of just jump in and plug in and serve. Um, you know, maybe Luke had too many coffees this morning. He's got to make a quick run to the restroom, right? Was we're getting ready for the service to start, and um, that would never happen because he would think about it ahead of time. But but if he did, you know, just being willing to say, yeah, I, you know, I've been trained on that. I can jump in and, and do that for five minutes or whatever. Um, another example of that that I want to this I don't know if, how much of this is on your radar, um, but I so I get to see it because I look out this way all the time on Sunday, but. Regularly, I will see families um, who are having, uh, who have kids who are have, they're having trouble with them. Before they feel like they need to take them out, I'll see people just kind of slide down a little bit and give them an extra give hand, set of hands, or um, you know, pick up a couple things that have fall. That's serving, and I want you to think of it that way. So, just being aware of your surroundings and being willing to to help out with families that uh, have got little kids. I mean, we love having the kids in the service, and I know sometimes you know they're what I call the holy squawks and squeals, you know, and um, those are wonderful reminders of, of God's children being uh, learning about what worship is like. Sometimes parents need a little extra help. Um, um, uh, you know, they don't necessarily need to take them out, but they just need a little extra help for 30 seconds or whatnot. And just being aware of what's going on around you and being willing to, to give a lending hand or, um, or whatever might be needed. Um, those are just, again, informally, just being willing to kind of jump in and do uh, those kind of things as you see that they're needed. Karen? Having been readers this morning, we had two new couples and a single lady there already today. Yeah. Just being aware of new people. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Just ways of just being welcoming and a uh, warm face. Yeah, good, good, Carl. Follow up on that. Although you're not a formal greeter, it would be good to spend some of your time not just with friends. But try to meet new people and, and engage them. Yeah. Part of the friendliness of the church. Yeah, good, good. So just being willing to think outside of your relational box a little bit as you come in on a Sunday. And, um, I mean, certainly able to spend time visiting with friends and people you are you know and are comfortable with. But then also maybe just looking for somebody you don't know as well and giving them a handshake. Somebody else had their hand up. Jessica? Thank you to Susanna Bennett for making those busy bags for the kids. Those are really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, great, great. So some of, well, a lot of people probably don't know, but we have these little uh, activity bags that Susanna Bennett put together for um, 
the, the younger kids to be able to use during the service. There are things that are connected to what's happening and um, just helpful things to kind of keep the kids engaged. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's, a great, that's a great example of an informal behind the scenes thing that didn't take a lot of, you know, planning. It just, you know, we talked through that and, you know, she put it together and now it's being useful to, to the families that are making use of it. So it's a great example of something that can be uh, very, what some might think is, you know, kind of innocuous and just kind of, you know, maybe it's not that significant, but it actually is significant. It enables people to be able to be together and to worship together. Okay, so there, there, we could, there are probably some other things too, but I just wanted to give you some examples of there are ways to be involved in uh, fleshing out Ephesians 4 just on a weekly basis on Sunday morning um, here at Trinity. And if Trinity is not your regular church, you know, if you're not regularly here, pretty much all of these things to some degree or another would apply in those churches as well. So um, just take that encouragement back to wherever you are and see how you could apply it into those churches as too. Um, I want to think of a second way. Um, of ministering in the context, uh, uh, doing the work of ministry as Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians. Um, so this isn't specific to Sunday morning, um, but just the, the various ministries and committees that we have at Trinity. I think a lot of people at times think, well, I wonder how I could be more involved with this or with that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I wanted to point some of those things out and the people that are involved and just encourage you if you want to plug in to, to talk to some of those folks. Um, so we have several committees or ministries that help us. I mean, we're Presbyterians, right? So um, if you're new to Presbyterianism, uh, you know, you're just going to get used to committees and that's just kind of how we do things. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can point to at least a couple places in the Bible where there were committees. Um, so, uh, so they're biblical, you know, if go think of it that way. Um, but we do have some committees, some, some smaller gatherings of God's people that uh, get together and think about a particular area of ministry in the life of our church. Um, one of those is missions. Um, and, and particularly that group of people think um, specifically about global missions. So around the world, um, here in Minnesota to some degree as well, but especially even outside of Minnesota um, and outside of even our country. Um, and so they're uh, responsible for doing a number of things, including keeping the idea of God being at work around the world in front of us on a regular basis. And they do that various ways. They help put on a, a conference for us every year. And um, they also help to organize the, uh, the Crow Creek uh, ministry. There's a, a kind of a subcommittee of our missions committee that oversees the ministry to Crow Creek and organizes that for us. Um, and so both of those committees really help to get us oriented and focused on that. And I, I, I think I can say, uh, both with Crow Creek and with missions, that you guys are would be uh, welcome uh, additional interest and in, uh, uh, just learning about that, but also potentially helping to serve and be a part of that. Um, so Randy Kinnick would be a good person to talk to about the missions committee, and Randy uh, and or Wes would be, and Gloria would be great to talk to you about the Crow Creek Committee, um, if you have an interest in any of those and kind of plugging in and being a little bit more involved and actually serving in that way. Um, we also have a committee that's usually referred to as the LOC Committee. Anybody know what that means? Say again. Yeah, local outreach committee, and so um, that that's 
that's a committee that is BC. Um, it is before Chris. Uh, it's been around a long time. Uh, it's been uh, in in uh, functioning for quite a while. And um, that committee in particular is responsible for not doing all of the outreach, right? Uh, the leaders of the church are supposed to do what? They're supposed to do all of the outreach of the church? No. Paul says they're supposed to equip the members, the saints, to be doing the work of ministry. So that local outreach committee is constantly thinking about ways that we as a church can be doing outreach into our community, uh, into our neighborhoods, um, into uh, the international community. So things like... Uh, our International Family Night, or our English as a Second Language program, or um, the Beyond Eden ministry down uh, on the Mayo campus, um, Christianity Explored uh, kind of entry-level Bible study about who God is and uh, just very fundamental things about the Christian faith. All of those things are things that are overseen by the LOC committee and kind of organized. Um, but they're constantly needing people to be involved and participating and uh, help train people to do the, some of those things as well. Um, and the, one of the things I love about what we do with outreach is that um, almost everything we do, people can kind of just jump in and be a part of without feeling like I have to be you know, thoroughly trained in how to share my faith or answer apologetical questions or whatever it might be. Those things come, but really most of the things we do are relational. And so it's really developing relationships with people. And, um, and there's some training involved with that too, but it's very easy to kind of jump in and be a part of that. Um, Jock McGregor is heading up that committee right now. Um, the plan is eventually to kind of transition that to Pastor John Gordy. And so you could speak with John, you could speak with Jock, you could talk to Dale Larson, um, uh, uh, just to get a better understanding of what they do or how you might be uh, able to plug in with that. Uh, another committee that's fairly new for us, but something that has uh, been very busy and involved is something we're calling the Mercy Coordination Committee. And again, the name is important. It's not the committee that does all the mercy work in our church. Um, it's the Mercy Coordination Committee. So it's coordinating um, the needs and the resources available. In essence, it's, a, it's an offshoot. It's, a, it's under the oversight of our deacons who are in charge of doing um, uh, mercy ministry and kind of overseeing that. So this Mercy Coordination Committee works in, uh, under the oversight of the deacons. And uh, basically what they do is they try to find out what are the gifts and abilities and interests of the people of Trinity Church. And then when the needs come up that we have, how do we connect those things together so that the needs are being met by people who are willing to serve in various ways. Um, Helen Locke is, is heading up the uh, Mercy Coordination Committee. Um, I, I can't remember. Um, I'm looking for Julie. You're on that committee. And that, you've got probably, what, six or seven or eight people on the committee right now. Um, but you guys are, I think, probably open to having some additional uh, people involved. Um, and so Helen would be a good person to talk to. Julie, you could talk to Julie. Um, uh, Sandra Furtani would be another person to talk to about that. Um, just an opportunity of plugging in and being involved with some of the, the mercy needs. A lot of what they do is behind the scenes. And uh, a lot of people don't even know about it just because it's things that happen kind of behind the scenes that way. But it's definitely an opportunity to, to be involved. Um, one other committee uh, that I'll mention uh, today um, kind of twofold, but 
Um, in the past, we've had both men's ministry and women's ministry committees. Right now, um, we just have a men's ministry committee. The women's ministry is kind of more grassroots, what I would call, in terms of it's happening more without a, the structure of a committee. Um, but the men's ministry is another committee that could be served on. It could be a part of. You could be a part of. Um, it's it's a committee that kind of helps to think through what are some activities we could be doing as a church for some of the men in the church. Um, Lee Acey and uh, Ralph and Glenn Medbury would all be people you could talk to about that. And um, they're, I'm sure, open to ideas and thoughts about how um, that could be. Uh, we'd be encouraging the men of the church to developing friendships and relationships with other men in the church and fostering um, encouragement and uh, spiritual growth in those ways. So um, I would say there are other committees and ministries, but let me let me stop with that for uh, with those for today. Um, but I would say that if you're interested in plugging in and one of the ones that I've mentioned, talk to the people that I've to- that I've mentioned that are part of that. Um, if you have other interests that you're wondering about, come see me, come see Pastor Gordy. Um, we'll be happy to kind of talk through some of that. But what I want you to see is that all of these are ways that you can very simply use very um, mundane gifts or abilities to actually flesh out and do what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, you don't need to feel like you have the knowledge of how to do everything uh, completely. Um, we'll train you in those ways. We'll show you how to do various things. Um, we'll show you what to do, how to do those things. Um, it doesn't have to be a long-term commitment either. Um, hear me say that. Um, you may want to just jump into something for a short period of time. You know, hey, I've got the summer to be able to participate. Great. We can, um, you, you don't have to feel like by joining a committee that, you know, um, you have to do this for the rest of your, of your life, for the rest of your time at Trinity. Um, maybe that's what God will do, but, but it's not necessarily the case. Maybe you want to serve in several different opportunities and switch it around from time to time. That's certainly fine. You also don't have to be a member. Um, at Trinity, we've been very uh, open and clear about the fact that um, even somebody that's not a member can be serving in most of the ways that I've mentioned to you this morning. Um, we do require um, someone who's going to chair one of our committees to be a member, um, but there are plenty of ways of plugging in and serving um, to be able to uh, to serve that you don't have to be a member yet to do that. So um, there, there are ways to do that. Um, last thing I'll mention, and I'll, I'll see if there are any questions here. We just have a couple minutes left. Um, I mentioned it in passing with the nursery, but I want to I come back to it again, partly as information so everybody knows that we're doing this, but also just as a heads up. Um, anybody that's working with the kids in the church, and that's high schoolers all the way down to the, the littlest ones, um, most of the younger families know this, but we've gone through a fairly rigorous process over the last three, four, five years of implementing a children safety program here at the church. Um, that includes everything from... Uh, the people that are involved going through background checks and um, getting trained in safety procedures. Um, but it also is the safety of the building, like knowing exits and where the fire extinguishers are and where the uh, AED machines are and knowing who the doctors are in the church that are kind of on call for us if something an emergency takes place. Um, even, you know, obviously um, never expecting or wanting this to happen, but if we ever had an intruder, um, all of those things have been trained. We've been tra- The leaders of the kids have been trained. And so if you're interested in working with the kids, um, there is that 
that aspect of it. We, we need to train you in those things, but we've got it up and running pretty smoothly now, and it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty good process. It's a very good process. Um, it would actually be beneficial for everybody to go through it just because of the information. Um, but if, if you're going to be working with anybody um, underage here at the church, then we will have you go through that process. So you could just expect to kind of take a little time to do that. Arlene Compton is kind of the one championing, championing that for us. And so if you have questions in particular, you could ask her about that. Um, but I just wanted to give you a heads up about that. So take a step back. Ephesians 4, that kind of baseline foundation for what Paul's telling us about how we are to be serving in the body and helping the body grow and mature and grow up into uh, what it's supposed to be in love. And uh, last week and this week, just giving you a number of different applications of that in the context of our church. Um, I know I'm only scratching the surface, and I'm hopeful if you have questions that you'll come and ask those or um, talk to the people that I've mentioned today. So that's kind of the big picture of what I was trying to do last week and this week. Um, let me stop and see if we need to wrap it up for today, but see if there are any specific questions about what we've talked about today. Maybe the, we didn't have any coffee servers today, so there was there's not enough caffeine in the room, apparently. I'm just teasing. Okay, um, next week is our last Sunday with Sunday school, both for the adults and for the kids. Um, we have a closing program that we're going to do with all of the kids. If you've been here before, it'll be very similar to that. If you've not been here before, I encourage you to come. It's just a great opportunity of seeing all the little kids and the teachers and hearing about what they've been learning in their classes. Um, I have firsthand knowledge of what the twos and threes, two, two-year-old and three-year-olds have been learning. And, um, you know, it... I won't say that it rivals what I got in seminary, but it's you know it's pretty substantive stuff. And so all the way up, uh, just great material that these kids have been learning over this school year. So we're going to do that next Sunday. Consequently, um, we'll start the adult class a little bit later, probably about 10 after or so. So come for Sunday school, but if, if we're not starting right at 10, that's why. And then all the kids are going to be joining us um, for uh, about a half an hour or so. And uh, we'll, we'll have a joyful time of reflecting on what God's been doing um, uh, through his teaching of us this past school year. So let me uh, close us in prayer. And if you have already come to the worship service, you get to go home and grab some lunch. And if not, then we'll enjoy having you worshiping with us here in our next service. Let's pray together. Father, again, we thank you for um, just the wonder and amazement that you give us abilities to serve you and uh, give us desires, give us things that we enjoy doing. And so I pray, Father, that as we continue to reflect on that and as we remember that you've called us to be uh, useful in your church and kingdom and that you use our efforts to bring you glory, uh, give us great joy and opportunities to, to explore that. And I pray uh, for those that are here today and those last week that you would give us maybe just a glimpse of ways that we could plug in and serve if we're not already. And I pray that um, you would help us to do that first and foremost, first and foremost, that you might be glorified, but also, Father, that we might be a benefit to our brothers and sisters in Christ here at Trinity Church. Uh, I pray that you would uh, watch over us as we transition, whether it's to home or into the second service, and help us to continue to have uh, a wonderful day worshiping you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.